Welcome back, Brooklyn Nets fans. It's been a while since we did a Nets video, but honestly, it's a slow part of the offseason for us, unfortunately. I was hoping we'd be able to play into the finals this year, but that obviously was not the case. We saw the uh, Warriors win the finals. Congrats on them. That was a pretty fun series for the most part. I think Boston just ran out of gas, honestly, having gone back-to-back seven-game series and the most competitive sweep of all time with our Brooklyn Nets. Um, but anyway, today's going to be a video talking about free agency and what the Nets could do in free agency, some players that make sense for the Nets. I think we all know what the Nets' needs are. Uh, if you watch the Nets this year, obviously they were a pretty undersized team. They need guys that are from that 6'5 to 6'10 range that can shoot the ball, preferably play some defense, the 3 and D type guys. Um, and you saw like this was a common theme in the playoffs. Teams that made deep playoff runs, they had bigger players. That's pretty much how it went. I mean, uh, Steph Curry, who was 6'3, was probably the smallest guy out there on the floor most times. I mean, Peyton Pritchard, yes, sometimes, but still, uh, Steph Curry, I keep saying Seth, Steph Curry was like the smallest guy out there, which tells you something. So the Nets, of course, need a stretch five perimeter defenders and three-point shooters. They need all that type of stuff. So they might need a veteran point guard if Goran Dragic leaves. I did see that the Mavericks, I think, want to pursue him. So we'll see if he comes back or not. Obviously, having Steve Nash here and his former coach, I forget his name now, the Nets have a new assistant coach, Igor Kokoskov, I think is how you pronounce it. I knew it was Igor, but I figured I would end up saying the uh, Rangers goalie's name. I think it's uh, Igor Shashirskin or something. I don't know. I'm not a hockey guy. But anyway, so Igor Kokoskov was with the uh, Suns. He was the head coach there back in 2018-2019. The Suns were dreadful that year. He lasted one season. But he was with the Dallas Mavericks this past season. Jason Kidd gave him a lot of credit for what went on there. So... Hopefully, Igor is going to help this team. He was once an assistant coach when Goran Dragic was back with the um, Suns back in like, you know, 2009, 2010, around that time. So I'm sure they have some type of relationship. We know the relationship that Steve Nash and Dragic have. So maybe he'll be back for another year. So we'll see what happens there. So yeah, we already did a video on the Kyrie Irving, Bruce Brown, Nick Claxton situation. If you missed that and you're a Nets fan, go back and watch it. I gave my opinions about that. I do want all three guys back, but I do think it's possible that a team out there may give Bruce Brown a pretty nice contract and the Nets may not want to match that. So we'll see how that goes. But for Dragic, I think it's more likely he's back now with the uh, Nets hiring Igor Kokoskov, so we'll see what happens there. I think, you know, the entire offseason comes down to Joe Tsai and whether he wants to spend or not. We know the Nets are way over the luxury tax for three offseasons in a row now, so of course, it's going to cost our owner a lot of money, and we know that that report came out that Joe Tsai lost money with the Nets last year, so that's not what you want to hear, but if he's willing to spend money, this team can still make some moves happen in the offseason that will definitely help this team for next year. So anyway, with that said, let's get into some of the offseason free agent targets the Nets can make for this 2022-2023 offseason. The first guy on our list, and these guys are all unrestricted free agents, which of course is going to be easier as compared to restricted where a team can match the offer. We've seen that many times as Nets fans with, uh, you know, it was Tyler uh, Johnson and Otto Porter who was the other guy? There was definitely some other guys in that's like, oh, Alan Crabb. Like, yeah, we, we've seen so much of that as Nets fans where they signed restricted free agents and the other teams matched them. So anyway, some of that was for the better. So Gary Harris is our first guy coming with the Orlando Magic. He was there for the past year and a half. Of course, he was with the Nuggets for most of his career. He's coming off a four-year, $84 million deal that he signed with the Nuggets. So money may not be the first option for a guy like Gary Harris. He might be looking for a one-year deal, like a prove-it deal. He's still 20 
27 years old too so if he could play one year with the nets let's say and you know plays really well he might get himself that multi-year extension the year after so we'll see what happens with that he is 6'4 210 it's not like the best size but the nets can definitely use that from the shooting guard position in the 2017-18 season though harris had a really good season a 48 percent shooting percentage from the field 39 percent from three 82 percent from the free throw line he's a career 36 percent three-point shooter and he spent the last year and a half in Orlando once again, so he's dealt with a lot of losing. The Nets right now are one of the finals favorites for next year, which I don't know why exactly. I'm trying not to buy into that too much as a Nets fan, not get my hopes up once again, but they are like a plus 600 right now, tied with the Celtics I last saw. So anyway, um, maybe Gary Harris wants to come to a good team and get his value up, get his stock up, and get uh, cash in on the big payday next offseason in 2023. So we'll see what happens there, but Gary Harris would be a nice fit for the most part his defensive ratings have taken a hit the past couple years but I think a lot of that can be due to the location of where he was playing a team like the Magic with a ton of inexperienced young players he was a better defender earlier in his career in a more stable environment with the Nuggets so I think if he comes to the Nets and plays alongside like Nick Claxton and Ben Simmons Kevin Durant like he'll be a better defender if that makes any sense so that's how I feel but Gary Harris is possible I don't think that uh, I don't think the Magic will resign him so I think he's gonna go somewhere else and maybe that one team could be the Nets next we have TJ Warren from the Pacers and this is a complicated situation because he's only played four games in the past two seasons combined so this is not gonna be an ideal situation for a player to go in the free agency of course but but he missed all of this past season, played the first four games of the first season after COVID, the 2020-21 season. Now, he has a 6'8 frame. He's 28 years old, and he shot 41% from three in his last two full seasons combined on 3.7 attempts per game. Of course, he scored 53 points in the bubble versus the Sixers. That's how we all know TJ Warren, but... You know, he's an average defender. I feel like with his frame, he could be better. It's a tricky one. I think he could be a one-year deal type of guy. I don't know if I'll get the minimum per se, but he is a talented player. He can stretch the floor, create his own offense, shoot off the dribble, and he could be a guy the Nets could use for sure. I mean, with that size, he's like the perfect size the Nets need right now. A 6'8", 220 guy that can, you know, shoot the basketball and play some defense. So, I'm not sure what type of market there will be for him coming off that foot surgery, but we'll see what happens with that. But TJ Warren could definitely be on the Nets radar for sure. Next, we have Otto Porter of the Warriors, the recent NBA champion. He was coming off a one-year deal with them. So he might want a multi-year deal. He's almost 30 years old now, 29 at the moment. But Sean Marks once signed Otto Porter. If you're a Nets fan going back five years, I think it was, 2017 offseason, he signed Otto Porter to a four-year max contract. It was a 106 million dollar deal the Wizards matched it so Otto Porter was one of those guys and that signed but they could not get because of the restricted free agent thing he was going through Otto Porter so we know Sean Marks is a fan of his and if that hasn't changed uh you know Sean Marks might go after him once again he might go back to the Warriors. I don't see why not. There might be a financial issue because I don't think the Warriors' uh, cap situation is much better than ours right now. But he is a career 39% three-point shooter, almost 40. Perfect stretch four slash five this team can use to go small. Obviously, with Ben Simmons and Kevin Durant playing most minutes, you would assume 
You might not want to go Otto Porter with that group as well, but there's definitely going to be a role for Otto Porter on this team if he were to be a net. He had a good defensive rating in this past season with the Warriors. Of course, the Warriors had a really good defense overall, but a 104.1 defensive rating. He has that size to be a good defender, as we know, and he can help on the boards and could be a knockdown shooter. I mean, when you're shooting almost 40% from three for your career, that is something I'll sign up for. And being 6'8", almost 200 pounds, the Nets can definitely use an Otto Porter type guy, but it depends how much money he wants to get. If he's like a guy who's seeking out a big deal, once again, this is probably his last chance for a big payday. He might go that route, but if he wants to be on a competitive team once again, maybe there's a chance he'll go back to the Nets, the team that once gave him out that big contract until the Wizards matched him once again. Next, we have Kyle Anderson with the Memphis Grizzlies. He's 28 years old now. Now, when Kyle Anderson was drafted by the Spurs, I believe that was in 2014, Sean Marks was an assistant GM with the Spurs. So I'm sure these two know each other, have a connection. I'm sure Sean Marks is a fan of Kyle Anderson as a player. So that right there may give you some clue to like, oh, maybe the Nets will go after Kyle Anderson, but we'll see. In the 2020-21 season, he averaged a career-high 12.4 points per game on 46, 36, and 78. So not the best percentages, but not terrible either. I mean, you'll take 36% from three for a guy who shoots like Kyle Anderson does and almost 80% from the line. So it's not too bad. He's known as one of the better wing defenders in the NBA. Like if Kyle Anderson was not able to play defense, I don't think he would really have much of a role in the NBA anymore. But the way this man plays defense is why he's still around and making a decent amount of money. Um, he averaged over five rebounds per game in the past two seasons. He's 6'9", 230, can guard a one through five. And obviously I would not like watching him shoot that jump shot he has but sometimes it goes in so a player like this though a high IQ good defender like that's the type of guy the Nets need right now he can play the three or the four I feel like so he'd most likely come off the bench of course with Ben Simmons and Kevin Durant playing those spots but Kyle Anderson if he wants to be a bench guy for this team that would be a nice fit for the Brooklyn Nets next we have Thomas Bryant who is a center with the Wizards 24 years old the first center on our list here 6'10 248 he tore his ACL back in January of 20. 2020 back when the season started up back in that 2020 season now before he had the injury he was coming off 13.2 points per game in that 2019-2020 season so he was really coming into his own the injury happened at a very bad time for him of course now he had a 58-40-74 shooting line that year so that's very impressive 40% from three for a big man you'll take that any day makes three out of four of his foul shots according to the percentages so you'll take that of course after what we saw with Nick Claxton in the playoffs especially but the Nets, they need a stretch five. I think we know that. We saw some good moments from LaMarcus Aldridge last year, but he just was not physically the same guy he used to be, unfortunately. So he was not able to last the entire season. But Thomas Bryant is the perfect guy to be on a prove-it deal. 24 years old. He was, you know, trending towards a big payday, but coming off the ACL injury, barely playing last year. I mean, this could be the perfect opportunity for the Nets to kind of just jump on this and get their stretch five for, yeah, it will be one season. I get that, of course. But the Wizards, I don't think, are going to re-sign him. They have Daniel Gafford. They have Porzingis. Like, they don't need to sign or re-sign Thomas Bryant. So I do think he'll go to a different team. I do believe he's from New York, I saw. So this might be one of those guys the Nets may look at. And if they think he could fit this team well, then Thomas Bryant, I think, could be an interesting guy for the Nets. Next, we have Isaiah Hartenstein with the Clippers. He's a center. And he's a guy that the Nets had interest in last offseason. There was mutual interest between Hartenstein and the Brooklyn Nets. But right around that time is when LaMarcus Aldridge was cleared to come back. He came back to the Nets on the one-year deal, and Hartenstein, of course, went to the Clippers. So 
you could look at this one of two ways. Either A, Hartenstein and the Nets have mutual interest and that's a good thing, or B, the Nets kind of pass on Hartenstein in favor of the Marcus Aldridge and he may not like them for that. So I don't know how they're going to look at that situation. Anyway, so he is coming off a one-year deal, still 24 years old, 7 feet tall, 250 pounds, and he can stretch the floor. He's a lefty big man, which I like as a lefty. I love seeing that stuff. He reminds me of that Monte Yunus guy. The Nets actually gave Monte Yunus a contract. The guy with the Rockets, the lefty big man. And I think the Rockets matched it. I'm pretty sure Sean Marks, like back in 2016, gave Monte Yunus a four-year, $40 million type deal. And the Rockets matched it. So we've seen Sean Marks like this type of player before. So his defensive ratings are pretty good. Last year had a 105 defensive rating. But... Being a guy like Hartenstein, seven feet tall, lefty, offensively talented, you can tell when watching him, the guy's just a good basketball player, has good touch, he has a floater to his game, um, he can finish around the rim, he can stretch the floor once again, so this would be a nice fit for the Nets to be a center off the bench, he's kind of the opposite of Nick Claxton, I don't know if that's a good or a bad thing, so, you know, you might look for a guy like a JaVale McGee type, who we'll talk about later, who's more similar to Nick Claxton, or a guy who's completely opposite of Nick Claxton, a guy like Isaiah Hartenstein, so we'll see which way the Nets want to go about it, but if he's available, and the relationship is not completely completely bad between these two. I would personally like to see Hartenstein play with the Nets next year if it's on like another one-year deal. Next, we have DeLon Wright, a point guard with the Atlanta Hawks, 6'5", 185. He's 30 years old now. He's coming off a down year based on the numbers he usually puts up. He had 4.4 points per game and played seven minutes less per game than he did the year prior. His defensive ratings have struggled in recent years, but he, he is on new teams, so we'll kind of give him a pass there. But with that frame, you should be able to play defense, honestly. In 2020-21, that was two seasons ago, he shot 46% from the field, 37% from three, 80% from the line. He played 27 minutes per game with the Pistons and Kings that year. So he can handle the ball. He can pass. He can knock down a shot if he's open. He can penetrate and pass out. And honestly, like I'm not going to say this is Kyrie Irving insurance, but this is kind of like Goran Dragic insurance. If he decides to walk and go to a different team like the Mavericks once again, they can go in this direction of uh, DeLon Wright. And I'm not saying he'll fill in the shoes of Goran Dragic exactly, but he's a good guy to buy low on right now. He's coming off a down year once again. We've seen him put up better numbers in the past. I'm hoping he would go for around the minimum. And if the Nets can pull that off, then you might as well take him in for just extra insurance because we've seen many times with this team, whether it's Kyrie Irving leaving or Kevin Durant getting hurt or something, something always goes wrong with this team so I would like to have extra guys like DeLon Wright on the bench just in case and if he's down for that then you might as well take him in on a one-year deal next we have JaVale McGee I'm gonna say his name like Shaq JaVale McGee he's coming over with the Suns center and he's a guy that honestly has turned himself like turned his whole career around he went from like a meme to like actually a pretty useful center in the NBA but he's a guy I've wanted for the Nets here the past couple years the Suns got him last year and it will be a one-year deal most likely he's 34 years old now Seven feet tall, 270 pounds. And this is what I said before when we were talking about Hartenstein. Do the Nets want to go in a similar direction of a guy who has a skill set similar to Claxton or a guy who's the complete opposite of Claxton? And if they want that similar skill set to a Nick Claxton type guy, look no further than JaVale McGee. I mean, the guy plays kind of just like Claxton. He's lanky, tall. He can jump out the building, finish lobs, block shots, play good defense. So he'd be a nice center, a backup center, assuming that Andre Drummond is not here next year, which I think is it's kind of leaning that way. So we'll see what happens with that. But 
He shot 70% from the line last year, which you like to see for a center, 6.7 rebounds per game last year. And McGee, at this point in his career, he knows his role. There were times earlier in his career with the Wizards where he would try to like dribble the ball off the floor and, and stuff like that. But no, nah, like he knows his role now. He understands what he has to do and why he's still in the NBA and what teams want him for. And if he can be that backup center to Nick Claxton, who once again, Claxton has injury concerns of his own. So if Claxton either misses time or you just need a backup center, you can put McGee in there for 15 minutes per game, 15 to 18 minutes per game. He'll give you useful minutes, protect the rim and play some decent perimeter defense. I will take that. So if he wants to come here to Brooklyn and back up Claxton, I'm definitely all for that. Next, we have Cody Martin, the Hornets, small forward. He's 6'5", 205, still 26 years old. He averaged seven per game last year, seven points per game on 48% shooting, 38% from three and 70% from the free throw line. Now, the reason I like Cody Martin for the Nets is he fills what they need, a shooter somewhat and a very high energy effort defender. Like he will play very good perimeter defense, maximum effort. He's good at anticipation. He has good hands, gets steals. Like I would like Cody Martin a lot for this team defensively. He may not be a starter. He may back up Joe Harris. He may back up, you know, Katie if he move him back to the three or something. But still to have this guy off the bench as an extra just, you know, wing player that this team definitely needs. I would like to see that. He might look for a multi-year deal, but the Nets have that, you know, mid-level taxpayer exception thing going on. So they can use that on Cody Martin if they wanted to. I don't know if he'll go back to the Hornets or not. Like, I don't see why they would let him go, but you never know with these things. So I would like to see a more defensive-minded wing player that can knock down shots, and Cody Martin fits that mold. And if you have a lineup of him... Claxton, Ben Simmons, even KD when he's trying, like that's going to be a very good defensive unit. So I would like to see him here. Of course, his brother Caleb Martin's a free agent as well with the Heat, but he's a restricted free agent. So I don't know what type of contract he'll get, but I'll take either guy. Honestly, I think Cody's a better player, but I'll take either guy. You know, beggars can't be choosers at this point. So I'll take whatever the Nets can get, but Cody Martin would be a nice fit for the Nets on the bench. Next, we have Jalen Smith, a center for the Pacers this past year. Well, half a year, I should say, because he started the year with the Suns, but I would love to have this guy. Like, he would be an awesome fit. He is exactly what this team needs. And he's only 22, which is great. 6'10, 215. He was the 10th overall pick in the 2020 draft a couple years back out of Maryland. And he improved a lot with the Pacers. He was traded for Torrey Craig around the trade deadline, played 22 games with Indiana, 13 points per game, playing 24 minutes per game for them, had a 53-37-76 line with the Pacers. I mean, when you're a big man shooting 37% from three, hitting 76% of your free throws, we'll take that. He can knock down shots. He's a floor stretcher, a pick-and-pop type guy if you need that. And the Nets need that. They need size and guys that can stretch the floor. Spacing was a big thing for this Nets team last year and if he can protect the rim at a decent level, which I've seen Jalen Smith do before, then this would be a great signing. Like, if you sign him at 22 years old, and let's say he gets even better, which he should, I mean, this guy might turn into a very, very useful player in your rotation the next few years. Not even, like, just for next year, but, like, going forward, if the Nets can get Jalen Smith and keep him here for the long haul, that would be great, of course. So, I would love to see that. I don't know what type of contract he'll get, but he's the guy I want the most right now, I think. Like, he just has such a great skill set, and he's only 22. So, that's a guy I want the most on this list. There are some other names like, you know, Markeith Morris with the Heat, who would be like a, you know, 6'7", 6'8", guy that can stretch the floor. Wesley Matthews, of course, a veteran, but he's very much up there in age right now, so I don't know if I want to take a shot on him. But there's definitely plenty of other names out there. If you guys have names that you want the Nets to sign or, or look at this offseason, leave them in the comments. I'll take
take a look at them. But these are the main guys that stuck out to me. There's like how many names are on here? Like seven, eight names. I went through a good amount of players, maybe nine. Um, so yeah, these, these are the guys I think that would make the most sense for the Nets right now. But I could be missing a couple here. So leave in the comments who I left out. But anyway, that's going to do it for the video. I'm not going to go into like trade speculation and stuff. So, you know, Miles Turner, of course, is a name that comes to mind. There's definitely guys the Nets could trade for, but I'm not going to guess about that stuff. We'll see. But this is a big offseason for the Nets. If you're a Nets fan, like this is a big offseason for them. Um, in my time of being a fan, this is probably like the biggest offseason, maybe the second biggest, like the biggest Nets offseason I can remember since being a fan was the first offseason going to Brooklyn. That, of course, was having to retain Darren Williams, trading for Joe Johnson, signing Gerald Wallace to that ridiculous extension, and, you know, uh, who else? They got, like, Keith Bogans on the bench that year, Jerry Stackhouse, Andre Blosch, the reclamation project. That might have been the Mirza Toledovich year. But, yeah, there was a lot of stuff going on that offseason. So um, this is probably the biggest offseason since then, and I think fans that have been around for even longer have said that the, the offseason after the first finals loss to the Lakers, that was a big offseason as well so I can't really say much I was like five or six years old so anyway in my lifetime of being a Nets fan this is probably one of the two biggest off seasons I've seen so they have to get things right Sean Marks struck out in just about every area last year the whole James Harden thing went terribly Ben Simmons has to be healthy you got to get Kyrie Irving back of course and Hopefully this team is going to be all right, but I'll definitely react to offseason moves once they happen. I don't know if there'll be instant reactions or I'll just wait till the entire offseason's over. We'll see how it goes. But anyway, hope you guys enjoy. Leave a like. It always helps out. And I'll talk to you guys next time.